This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Alright guys, this is Lane with the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast. Today I've got Alex Franks on the line. It's going to be a little different show than normal. Not another interview, but more of a co-hosting situation here. The subject today that we're going to talk about are some of the cons of turnkey rentals. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I, I really appreciate you having me on here. I look forward to speaking to you and some of your folks. So give us some background. You're from South Carolina, and you've been doing this real estate for quite a while, and you've come up through different things. Uh, let, let us know what you're up to now and where you came from. You know, I, I've been in this business lane going on 17 years. I've really focused on the North and South Carolina market. I've seen the market change. I've kind of adapted to the market. I've been through a few cycles. I tell folks I under, I see things a little different than most. You know, I started out like most wholesaling. Eventually I grew into buying my own rentals, eventually into the rehab side, you know, eventually into the turnkey guy, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's just furthered itself along where, you know, I jumped into the commercial and now I deal with new construction turnkey and my focus for myself is primarily on apartment buildings. Just to give you a little frame of reference, a lot of the listeners here are, some of them are just looking to get that turnkey rental, get a few of them, and some of them are kind of looking to outgrow it, like myself. Lynn, I'm with you being in this business for so long. Myself, my wife and I own 37 turnkey rentals at one point. It's when the market crashed. problem I foresee with turnkey rentals for most folks is it's limiting on what you can do. There's just a certain aspect. You can only have so many. Once you get to that point, it's what do you do next? I am uh, starting to hang out with these other investor groups, and they laugh and laugh about how they all thought they were going to get rich with these single-family homes, whether they you know they pick it up off the MLS or they get it turnkey. And but they figured out that you know they were just getting rich one or two hundred or three hundred dollars a month per property, and it just wasn't going to get them to their number, which was, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month. I, I agree with you 150% there. I've told folks for years, and here I am building new construction turnkey, and I tell folks, you know, true wealth is, is paying the asset down free and clear, then maybe, but at the same time, you're not going to get rich off cash flow. I promise you, not off single family rentals. You know, there's a lot to do with scaling the business, scaling the model. And that's usually where multifamily comes in. I've started my investing with the turnkey stuff. I know I can pick up properties that are $60,000 I can rent for 900. Personally, I've been going after the more expensive turnkeys that sort of in the range of 90 to $110,000 that will rent for 1200 or more just so I get a little better tenants. And I've been financing these with Fannie Mae mortgages. So it's been, just been making sense for me. You know, like that's a perfect example is the 20% down. Now I've done a lot of speaking in multiple rears and multiple areas. I just prefer the nicer, what I call the prettier you know, homes that say 90, 90 to 130 range. I like that 1% a month. Not that you're always able to hit it. I don't really touch or have my clients touch the low end problem, the properties. I just see it more of a, uh, the economy doesn't support it. A lot more hands on, a lot more headaches. And you're kind of right. You know, that B plus type of property is really where I did focus. And even now, like I said, I, I build the, you know, the new construction rentals. You know, these are turnkey new construction, and they kind of fit that similar model. Same price range where you're talking. Again, it's if I'm investors, I'm looking for that A and B model. There's multiple markets out there right now that folks can invest in. So what's the typical on your new construction homes, that typical purchase price and rent? Now, Lane, these, these are a variety because I do from duplexes to quads to triplexes to single family, you know, all rentals. 
The average purchase price is always going to be between 129 and 159. At the end of the day, it's based on returns. It's a 15% return. And that's with a leveraged Fannie Mae product, just like you were talking. And again, this really came about because I look at the market as a supply and demand. There's a huge demand for turnkey rental, but we have a very little limited supply out there. And that's the only reason we focused on building these type of rentals. If investor, you know, they max out their Fannie Mae mortgages and gets 10 of these, and let's just say they're cash flowing about 300 bucks per, you know, they're getting about at least $3,000 a month, you know, nothing really to quit your job over. And that's kind of the point where I've reached. I guess, what would you say would be the next step with options that are available to an investor like that? Good question. Myself, I, my wife and I became the same situation, and that was back in 2009. And this is where I always tell folks I diversify. I always have multiple things going on, you know, whether I'm wholesaling properties, whether I'm rehabbing properties, whether I'm buying properties. And again, this is what led me into the commercial. I'd rather liquidate the single family rentals and I look for bigger properties. When I say bigger properties, Lane, it could be a 10 to a 50 unit. And that's even where I'm at in today's market myself, you know, and the single family is just not going to cut it for me for the cash flow I'm looking for, for the, you know, returns I'm looking for. And and that's why I made the jump myself into those smaller, smaller units. It's a, a little bit more opportunity out there. Most of the larger stuff's been scooped up. And I think that's a great way for folks to start to look start to educate themselves more on that commercial aspect. Before we leave the conversation thread, I want to just point out that it all comes down to your goals. If you're happy with $3,000 a month with real estate and you have other forms of income and you enjoy working at your job till 60 or whatever, the turnkey rentals are for you. But if not, you know, this is kind of what we're talking here. Lane, it really does. I just spoke recently in Charlotte and the seminar turned out more on goal setting, plans, and basically a pathway. And I tell folks, we really start out with what are you trying to accomplish? At the end of the day, when you're getting involved in real estate, not that you want to buy rental properties, you know, what is it you truly want to accomplish? And I tell folks, once they're able to put that down, you know, there's a certain number they get, then somebody like yourself or somebody like myself, we, we have a, we can create a plan. You know, I, I call it a pathway for what they want to produce. And there's nothing wrong with staying at work. I tell folks, most of the time, if you're buying single family rentals, I want you to stay at work because eventually when you can't buy any more, you don't have any income coming in. You get what I call that no man's land. You know, the goals in the plan are a really big part of real estate right now. Another concept that I've been telling people lately is in the stock market and 401ks, they always tell you in the beginning when you're younger to go after the index funds that are supposedly more aggressive. And as you get older and near retirement, that you turn your uh, asset allocation mix, whatever that is, to more of a bond, more conservative fund. But I think in real estate and wealth generation in general, conventional knowledge is the opposite. In the beginning, you need to be building that base of turnkey rentals or just rentals to get your cash flow up to a certain level that you have that freedom to do what you want. And then at that point, you have the option to do other more aggressive or things that you want to do, whether it's flipping, development, buying raw land, doing notes or or whatever. You know, Lane, that's a, we could sit and talk about that for a bit. I go back to diversification and asset classes. This is what I can tell folks right now. Right now, it's some of the cheapest money we ever had. So I tell folks, this is when we use debt and we use leverage, and I'm really big about paying down assets. And to give a little background, my dad worked on Wall Street for over 30 years, so I understand Wall Street. I understand numbers. I still think real estate is one of the best asset tools to create wealth. This is why you and myself are involved in it. And, again, it's all about doing things slowly 
I, I get the aggressiveness, but I tell folks in this market, if you rush to do something, don't do it. Take your time. You know, and make sound quality decisions. I've heard you mention it twice that you like to pay down your properties. Now, I always tell people that put the 20% down, you leverage as much as you can, and you don't pay extra to principal. As long as your cash flow buffer is big enough that in case there is some sort of market correction or some kind of downfall in the local economy that you can outride that wave. What's your thoughts on you still now, think of paying down your properties? or? Now, Lane, I'm, I'm the one person that I get yelled at a lot, but I have two different opinions on that. Now, for single-family rentals, I feel that the wealth is paying down an asset, free and clear. Of course, I like to use leverage. I like to use debt and pay down. Now, when I jump into my multifamily, you know, that's where I'm going to buy the asset, refinance the asset, and I'm not going to pay more. I'm going to let the property pay for itself. With single-family, there's no real money in single-family rentals until the assets are paid off, at least for me. I, I get the tax, the depreciation. You know, if I have a property and it's $1,400 a month, and I'm making $300 a month. To me, that's really not money. But now if it's free and clear and I'm making $1,400 a month and I have 10 units, now it's $14,000 a month. To me, that makes more financial sense than just that $300 a month. That's why I've always been pay down the debt, really pay down the debt as fast as possible. I call it acceleration of debt. So you pay it down and this way you move on to the next property and so on and so on. Some people call that the debt snowball, the domino effect. But it, Lane, it truly isn't. And let's say me and you build a portfolio of 10 single family cash flow rentals, just 10 of them. And we have a 10 year plan. You know, let's say on year five, we decide to liquidate five, sell off five, and we now have free and clear. And the average rent here in Charlotte, let's just say it's $1,000. Well, now I've created $5,000 a month cash flow. You know, and then if we base a portfolio and we base it eight months out of the year, we have two for vacancy maintenance setback. We have two for miscellaneous taxes insurance. So now I'm taking that 5000 a month. I'm making $40,000 a year. And that's a pro forma based on eight months. To me, in single family rentals, that's truly where the cash flow comes in. Where now, if you want to leave your job or you want to do other stuff, you just created a nice cash flow. I definitely do see where you're coming from. I personally look at it from a total return on investment. When you got that leverage on there, as long as you can hold on the property, like I said, with that cash flow buffer, for me, the way I see the game is optimizing that return on investment. I agree with the return on investment. I return on the cash on cash return. What I look at and what I'm afraid of is a market correction. I'm afraid even in Charlotte, the prices haven't gone too bad. But I'm afraid that the rental markets, it's just going up continually. And again, I've been through two crashes. I went through the 2007 and 8 where I refinanced everything at the time to jump into the million dollar, you know, rehabs where I lost quite a bit of property. In 2013, I had a staff of 21 folks working for me when the hedge funds came in and cleaned it out. I don't know what the next crash is going to be. I don't know what's going to happen next. I do know that money's cheaper than it's ever been. So I like the leverage. I like the debt. I'm also one of those that's realistic and goes, hey, let's pay it down and, you know, continue to use debt to buy more assets, but pay down the, you know, the actual debt I have now. This is a good conversation because you'll hear some of these guys say, oh, I only buy properties on 50% LTV. And it's like, well, what the heck did you get that number? Like, what, what's the why behind that? The, the time to buy properties for folks like yourself and myself. And I know you're in multiple states. I was actually buying and selling in North Carolina, South Carolina. Georgia and Florida from 2009 to 2013. Now, during that time, there was just phenomenal deals. I think now it's a lot tougher to buy the numbers we're looking for. There's not a lot of product out there in the market. You know, it takes multiple markets, multiple houses for somebody like you guys on the West Coast where your entry point's so high. 
And again, this is when I get back to, I like debt, I love leverage, but I believe in acceleration of pay down. You know, and at the same time, if they do do that, they're going to continue to be able to buy more. Because you are going to be capped at some point in the single family rentals. I believe it's only 10 right now that you can have per person. Is that correct? That's right. One, 10 in your name, 10 in your wife's name. Yeah, and eventually it'll change. You know, years ago, keep in mind, we were only up to four at one point. So a lot of what we do do and focus on in this market has to do with the lending side. And that I tell all investors, it's something to keep in mind to always make sure if you're buying cash flow rentals, have a great mortgage guy back there. Have somebody that understands what's going on, what you can do while you're building your plans and your goals along with it. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, I think that currently where we are now, we're in the seventh or eighth inning of this nine-inning ball game. That's kind of another reason why I'm kind of heading out of the single-family realm because, as we know, single-families are evaluated on the comp approach as opposed to multifamily, which is more on the income approach. Lane, I'll take that, and, and I, I want to answer both sides. Now, the supply and demand, there's a huge supply for cash flow rentals. One of the companies that I'm affiliated with, I work with, we're actually building 500, and I say units because a lot of it is multifamily, by 2000, May 2017. Now, the majority of those are going to be quads, triplexes, duplexes. I agree with you that we're definitely in that late inning stretch, but I also think that for the multifamily, we're in that too. We're at the top of the market for multifamily. If you look at the peak for multifamily, you look at about a 18-month stretch that we're literally, but it's how far along in that 18-month stretch are we? For single family, I think it's different because for the Southeast in general, we're always going to have a lower entry point than you guys on the West Coast or up North. So I think our market's always going to be, I consider it outpriced. I consider the numbers not making sense. But because of the low entry point, I still think we're always going to have that volume of business here. And when I say Southeast, I say I, that's Tennessee, you know, the Memphis market, Indianapolis, Atlanta, Charlotte, Florida, you know, Arkansas, Alabama, all those multiple states. Right. I don't look at anything in the West Coast or East you Coast. You can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> that's just people looking for a 5% return or less. The, the rich hedge funds or wealthy people or international people just looking for that capital preservation. Well, that's the reason why the Southeast is typically one of the better rental markets for folks. That's why, and again, Lane, the numbers here do not make sense to me. Even the properties I'm building, now I'm a developer, but the numbers don't make sense. But unfortunately, the out-of-state market, the out-of-state folks, you know, they still want that. And again, with a leverage 20% down right now, that's really the play in the market right now for most folks is that 20% down leverage. And if you can get a 15 to 17% return, Great. And a true cash on cash return, you're looking at that 7.58%. As long as those numbers stay, I think we're going to have folks still buying. The way I see it is you're always trying to get the best rate of return. I mean, when I was looking at these turnkey rentals, probably in 2013, when I did my underwriting, I was showing about $400 per house. But now if I were to pick up a rental today, even a good one, it'd be like $150 to $200. And I asked myself, is 2000 or $2,500 of cash flow a month even worth it? But it is because what's my other alternative? Am I going to go to the stock market right now when I think Friday was a bad day? I, I don't know. I don't really follow the stock market that much. It's the only place to go is down, right? Uh, this is, and again, my father worked on Wall Street for 30 years, and my dad's number one wish that none of his sons followed him into Wall Street. He just didn't feel it was where he wanted us to be. And now I tell folks I don't really have the conversation of Wall Street and that because I don't understand it. I do understand real estate. I do understand leverage. I do understand debt. And that's what keeps me in real estate. I'm with you. And again, back 2009 to 2013, I can't tell enough folks 
that truly was the best time to buy cash flow rentals in multiple states. And if people really pay attention, that's when most of the hedge funds came in in 2013. In the Charlotte market alone, when they purchased 7,000 single-family homes. That's 7,000 homes. In Atlanta, I think it was 11,000. So that basically pushed the market, pushed the prices where they are today. But even at the 8%, 7.5%, what are folks making on their money when they stick it in the bank? 401Ks don't exist. They're 201Ks now. You know, even at that 7 8%, real estate is still structurally a better place to park your money than most assets. Right. Have you seen all the graphics with all the negative interest rates lately of all like the national bubbles ready to pop and... I mean, everyone's just starved for returns these days. Even a 5% return is good for big hedge funds. You know, Lane, this is two things I would, I would ask the folks that listen to you and the folks that you teach. I tell folks, let's not be greedy. You know, if you can make 7 8% on your money and you can get a steady return, go for it. it it's greed that I think is hurting this market. I think it'll continue to hurt us. It's hurt us before and will hurt us again. The negative interest rates, when folks find out that their money is sitting in a bank, isn't making money, it's actually costing them money, is when I think more folks will wake up. I feel like we are a society that lacks financial education. We don't talk about it enough. We don't discuss it enough. And we just follow the herd. But if you're making negative money in the bank, there's something wrong with that. And, you know, you really need to get out there and educate yourself on something, whether it's real estate, whether it's finances in general, but something. I don't think we're quite there yet, but the tipping point is really near with, I've seen a few of these uh, big dividend stocks like Unilever. I mean, they're pretty much like Procter Gamble. Their dividend rate is zero. That tells you something. I, you know, Lane, I really don't follow Wall Street. I follow it enough that I get up and I, you know, watch in the morning what's going on. And I watch the fear factor. And I think fear really drives a lot of things out there. And again, with real estate, no, we're not going to get the numbers we had in 2009 to 2013. Where, you know, if, if you're getting a good solid return, you buy right, you buy in the mar- right market, you have the right teams. That, that's really where, you know, my education comes in. And again, myself, I'm focusing on buying apartments from 10 to 50 units. Right now, as we're speaking, Lane, I, a Tuesday, I have five more units to go look at. I'm parking my money in the same stuff that I tell folks about. When the stock market goes down 400 points, like how it did the last week, and people tell me, well, now's the time to buy more. What do you tell them? Because my head just explodes. Elaine, I've raised a lot of money in this business. I'll I'll give you an example. We're building 26 duplex-style townhomes. That's all private capital we raised. Every time I see the stock market crash, I usually see more on the capital side. It's enough that I've created a another company here that I'm creating a hard money lending company here in Charlotte because I see the you know every time there's the and again it's doom and gloom. When it's doom for them, you know it's great for us. So more folks want to put their money into real estate. So for me, it was naturally just to either look at private lending or create a hard money company. So, you know, I'm going to create the hard money company knowing that each downfall, I can increase that capital, you know, what I'm lending out by raising more money. And that's a good example of a passive stream of income that you're trying to create there, a different business. I actually, and again, Lane, I'm I'm really big on telling folks diversification. And what I mean by diversification is I'm a perfect example. I've been in this business for 17 years. I diversify into multiple streams. I'm creating a hard money lending company. I build new construction rentals. And on the side, my wife and I are buying uh, multifamily units. So I have three things going on at one time. Most folks, you know, if you're just buying cash flow rentals, that that's great. Just buy cash flow rentals. But I'd look into other things. I'd look into wholesaling. I'd look into rehab flips. Any other uh, tidbits of information you want to? If I'm buying cash flow rentals, I want to make sure – 
I, I actually take the time to fly out and check out the markets. I don't want to just look at one market. I want to look at three markets. I always like to compare multiple markets. I like to make sure the property management company, which is the most important part for any out-of-state investor, I want to know everything about them. How long have they been in business? Are they financially strong? Are they going to be here in three to five years? I want to know the people that are building the houses. I want to know everything about them. I've always told folks, I'd rather see you spend $1,500 on a trip flying out somewhere than spending 100000 and being disappointed at the end of the time. There's nothing wrong with building wealth slowly. We don't have to be in a race. We don't have to be in a rush. If you're happy building one house at a time, great. Build a portfolio one house at a time. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, the evolution of somebody like yourself and myself being in this business for a bit, we're going to jump into commercial. I just want folks to understand there's a lot of education you need to learn before you make that jump. You know, and like anything else, education is the key on this business. Investing is investing, whether it's on Wall Street, whether it's in real estate, whether it's anything in life. It takes time, knowledge, and education. A lot of people go to school and get degrees. I consider 17 years in this business, you know, a master's or a Ph.D. I've learned a lot. But there's also at the same timeline, everybody could learn. Everything that you or me have discussed, everything we've talked about with a little bit of education in this business. Anyone again wants to get a hold of you, Alex? Call me, 803-370-6189. Text me anytime. I'm really big on bigger pockets. You can find me there. Um, you can, you're welcome to email me at alex at piotc.com. I spend a lot of time answering folks' questions on investing and just real estate in general. And again, I, I keep going back to bigger pockets and other sites because I'm pretty active there answering folks. And I like questions. I love folks reaching out. If you ever want to know a little bit more about the Charlotte market, fly out, meet me, you know, come and see what we have going on out here. Maybe I'll be reaching out to you. I'm looking at Nevada, Texas, the Carolinas and Florida for apartments. So maybe we'll uh, do a deal together. That's what it's all about, right? Lane, you know, the biggest thing in this business is networking. I, I call it the 10x rule. I, I try to speak to a week, 100 people a week. And that can be either answering post, meeting personally on the telephone or via email. And I make sure because networking is how to grow this business. And I've always been really good at networking. Actually, that's how I found you. <laughs> you know, yes, the, the market you mentioned, great market, Texas, Florida, phenomenal market. I've just grown a bit lazy now and I go, I just want to be here in North and South Carolina. I want to be close to home where I know the numbers and I can control the asset better. All right. I'm not allowed to be lazy yet. So, but <laughs> it'd be nice to go to Nevada. That's a quick Alaskan airline trip for me. Well, a lot of folks from the West Coast, um, Phoenix, Nevada, Vegas, and Texas were really popular markets. Oklahoma, because it was closer. You know, of course, the West Coast, we're a bit away. Um, so, Lane, all your listeners or any folks getting involved in, in single family rentals, I'd advise you to look at three to five markets before you get started, at least three. Never put all your eggs in one basket, you know, and really get out there and see what's going on. Every market's going to offer something different. And at the end of the day, it's going to be where do you feel comfortable, where do you like, and do you, at the same time, do you even like the people you're working with? If you don't, don't do it. Well, I appreciate it, Alex. Thanks for getting on the line. Lane, I really appreciate you having me here. I look forward to, uh, you know, being out in Seattle sometime soon and meeting up, and we'll talk then, my friend. All right. Thanks, Alex. Have a great night. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. 
Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.